Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here. Lord, unless you show us the kingdom, we are like Sergeant Schultz. We know nothing. So <laughs> that really dates me. <laughs> it does. I sent, I sent a gift like that today. So anyway, what am I doing? Praying. I'm gonna be praying. All right, sorry. So, <laughs> so Lord, I just thank you. Unless you show us something, we don't, we don't know anything. Lord, you're our teacher. Holy Spirit, you're the one that leads us into all truth. I thank you that the Word of God is so powerful, it actually cuts away the flesh from the heart. Lord, I just thank you. Uh, right uh, tonight, I just thank you for eyes being opened. I just thank you that we align with the prayers that Paul prayed um, in Ephesians. And we thank you for our eyes being opened. We just thank you for heaven, heavenly realms, uh, looking for a heavenly country, a city whose builder and maker is God. We thank you, Lord, for all of that realm opening up. And we thank you for there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God and God is in the midst of her and she should not be moved. So we thank you, Lord, for everything heavenly and Spirit of God, just open our eyes and give us grace in this preach in Jesus' Name. Amen. There we go, a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a preach in the prayer there, but you know, here we are. Um, okay, so um, <clears throat> we've been talking about this What's tonight where we, I said that we would uh, uh, at some stage talk about mountains and mysteries. And we're talking about the invisible world. And Paul, um, the Apostle Paul, had a very dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus. It's so, it's so uh, dramatic that when someone has a dramatic experience, they call it a road to Damascus experience. So that's after Paul. And, and, and David knew how to praise the Lord in, the, in a tabernacle. And so God wants to call it David's tabernacle. Uh, and David knew how to operate heavenly keys. And so they call the keys of David. So here, Paul's had a road to Damascus experience that's uh, um, completely turned his life around. And then he went into the wilderness for up to 14 years and, and the, the Lord taught him. And so I don't know who was in Arabia or at the time, um, but, but Paul was the preacher and the revelator of the heavenly gospel. It is a cosmic gospel. And so when people go, look, I believe in the Lord, believe in Jesus, but I'm not that spiritual. Well, you better get spiritual because God is spirit, okay? And uh, we are born again of the Spirit of God. And so this is why the Word of God is so powerful because what it does, it, it actually, it, it, it cuts through wrong thinking, wrong prejudices, wrong feels. And I think the Word of God is so crazy powerful that we don't have to, well, if we get it right, we just have to get the sequencing right. I was talking about the Enigma code and how that was uh, the Germans communicated through code um, in the World War II. And then they, a bunch of young people were gathered together at Bletchley House or Park, I can't remember what it was. And they had to crack this code where there were up to one in 150 million possibilities of any given thing. And, and so the first computer was invented and, and see, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us wisdom, to understand riddles and enigmas because there are things just this close to us on the other side of a veil that God wants us to inquire. This is why with all you get and get understanding, wisdom is the principal thing. Once you crack the code, you get everything. So get excited about wisdom. People want revival, revival, revival. And I do, but the, the, the Spirit of the Lord, most of the Spirit of the Lord 
is wisdom and understanding, uh, fear of the, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, counsel and might. One part, one out of seven. If you start to drill down, especially on wisdom and understanding, you get might. You get, go for counsel, you get might. But if we just go for might, we might not understand how we got it and might not know how to stay in it and might not be able to maintain it. So when you understand wisdom, it actually gives you access to the power of God. So this is why I want you just to, because wisdom is crying out. And that's why we talked about wisdom and governance on uh, uh, Sunday as we're talking about the voice. So um, if you're watching this and you didn't watch Sunday and you live in Australia, you need to watch. Uh, um, and that when um, uh, Marissa asked me, what are we gonna title it when we put it online? And Sunday's message is called, it's the voice, try and understand it. Okay. <laughs> so it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! All right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, and and and, <laughs> and so we're talking about we're talking about wisdom and cracking the code and the power of the Word of God. If it's if it's if it's if de- decreed or quoted or preached from a revelatory place, is that. Now this is this is this is something that the Lord spoke to me recently about, and you're going to know a little bit about my process. My the way I see, um, uh, I was talking to a friend on, on the phone today overseas, and it, this, uh, it does itinerant. And so when you do itinerant, you, you, you probably need a good dozen messages. Like they better be really good, because if they're not, you won't get invited back. And so, but, but when you're overseeing a church, you have to come up with fresh stuff all the time. And there are people that now back in the day when I was a, a, a part of the ACC, they said the average uh, uh, um, tenure of a senior pastor of a church was four years. And then they generally on that average, they'll go to another church and you know, go through their four year bag of tricks, okay? And so, cause people run out of things to say, that's true. But so, so for me, I couldn't think of a worse life. <laughs> you know, that, that, that would be a terrible thing is to be stuck in the ministry without the anointing. And ah, everything's coming out of your marrow and you can never do anything right. And unless the Lord builds a house and you're trying to build it and you do a terrible job. I mean, what a terrible life. So my, the way I live is this, is I am having an experience. And out of that experience, is that I get to minister out of the things I see, encounter, learn, and manifest. So it says in Proverbs, it says, if you're gonna have wisdom, have wisdom for yourself. So this is why you can have people who have powerful ministries, but almost a little bit dysfunctional lives. Because what you have is God can anoint you for others, and that's the gift and the calling on your life, doesn't mean you're necessarily gonna be doing it. So, so for me, I wanna make sure that I'm going after this stuff and encountering it, and then I get to gossip, gossip to you the things that, well, it's just, but that's true because it's from spirit to spirit. Can't be just, it can't be just theology. So all the things I'm sharing, I'm sharing from a place of complete excitement. And if you think that, that if you think of a grain of, uh, uh, um, a grain of sand and compare it to the size of Australia, terrible example, but the earth is the sand and Australia is the kingdom of heaven. It is so much more massive so superior and it's only a veil away, but it's actually inside of us and it's around us. And those veils, it says the veils of the heart. 
So this is why this is exciting because when you go after the natural with the spiritual, it actually it rents the veil. It, it, it cuts the veil in two and there are veils, trust me. So, and also as a man thinks in his heart, so they are. So the things I wanna talk about have to be laid a hold of and appropriated. But then this is, this, see the spirit world is based on what you believe. See, it's crazy. So, so let's just say you're on the earth, in the earth, which you are, and you go, look, I don't believe in gravity, too bad, it's got you. But in the spirit world, it's very different. Your world is framed up by what you believe. And in this case, it's about what God has prepared for you and what He has for you in a certain way and place. And you could have the most incredible inheritance, but your, what you believe can either give you access to it or your life is like it doesn't exist. So this is why the just shall live by faith. Okay, so Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you in John 14. And we go, oh great, you know, a little mansion. Some people go, I don't know if I've really been living the life and you know, I don't know if I have a mansion, but just Lord, just give me a little cabin in the corner of glory land, you know. Um, and you know, picket fence and all that. So Jesus is going and building all these houses. I think it's a lot more substantive than that. I think when Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you, remember His incarnation, He was always God. Jesus was never not God. I mean, the incarnation is just, if you find the Trinity a challenge, get your head around the infinite God becoming a man. Okay? And then walking this earth yet without sin. And then what happens, He, 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 he went to, to the grave and vicariously suffered on our behalf and then He ascended. And then what happened was this, all the limits that He chose to come under, once He ascended on high, all the limits are off. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. All the limits are off and now His interaction with the earth is through the Holy Spirit and the major conduit for it is the faith of His children. So Jesus is God and you start to realise that and then you start to realise the nuances of believing and focus and yielding and walking things out and faith and, and works and all those different things. So He said, I'll go and prepare a place for you. So Jesus didn't go up there as a carpenter. We've all got these beautiful little wooden huts. We're talking, let there be light. Let's create a multiverse over here. Let's create a multiverse over here. And God said it was good. So when he went and said, I'll go and prepare a place for you. Oh, wow. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But he's revealed them to us by his spirit. Who wants to see behind the veil a bit tonight about, about who, what he's got for you and you can lay a hold of it effective immediately? And I'm sure many of you have to varying degrees. So, the writer of Hebrews said this, if we can start with Hebrews 12, verses 22 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That, that's not future, that's, this is, you have come, all right? An innumerable company of angels, um, uh, translating that a lot. Okay, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, you're the firstborn. This is crazy. I'm not gonna drill down on that as for another time. Who are registered in heaven. The church is registered in heaven. 
You know, I wonder how many people who are, who are members of a church are actually registered there as well. That's the registration you want. Okay, just in case you're wondering. And so I know, I know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go there. Just keep that up. All right. So uh, a friend I know in ministry, his mother was a member of the Dutch Reformed Church and she lived into her, maybe her 90s. She attended faithfully Dutch Reformed Church. And she died and she started going to hell. And she cried out to God and said, why, why am I going to hell? I've been going to, I'm a member of the Dutch Reformed Church. I've been a member of church for years. And, Lord, and, and, and she cried out to the Lord and she came, uh, um, uh, am I still enough? Here we go. It's impossible to get a still of me because I'm sort of like Jim Carrey rubber face. So anyway, so, uh, um, so she cried out to the Lord and she somehow made it back. God, she was able to get back into her body and her son was able to lead her to Christ. It is not the church membership that gets you there. It is believing in Jesus Christ as your Saviour, that He is Lord, that you put your trust in Him. So the true church is registered in heaven and it's not stuck to one denomination. There's, there's, there are born again Catholics everywhere. But you've got to be, it's got to be a quickening your spirit and trusting in Jesus. Look, I believe there's people who are going to heaven with wacky doctrine. Okay, wacky doctrine. <laughs> One of my favourite memes is little Jimmy sitting next to Jesus and going, Jesus, how come it's just you and me up here? Jesus said, everyone's doctrine was slightly off. <laughs> I love it. It's just, it, it paints a picture of the ridiculous. So to the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the Judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, he's the mediator. Um, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The focus is that but you have come to Mount Zion. And we're talking about mountains and mysteries. Now, if we can do Ephesians chapter two, verse six, is this, it says, this has taken place. When you said yes to Jesus, this is what happened. You were raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, again, we're gonna be quite persistent on holding this line, is that you're made in the image of God. So we know in the natural is you can be sitting in a university lecture or you can be doing sitting in a bus stop or whatever and you could be thinking about the holiday you went on three months ago. You can sort of be in two places at once. And so then you've got your imagination, you've got your memory, but then it goes much deeper than that. You can develop an awareness. You can develop a consciousness, right? Practicing the presence of God. So what happens is you, your spirit has been raised up. And dare I say, not just in heavenly places, because the previous verse said, you have come to Mount Zion. So what would be freaky is that if right now, if your eyes were open, you were actually on the mountain of God. That's mind blowing. Now what that does, that's not confronting in a negative way, but that goes completely the opposite to your five senses. Your five senses limit the Holy One of Israel. This is why people go, if I saw the Lord, you know, no, 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 that we've, we've tried that experiment. It's called a pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, Red Sea parting, manna, quail, the mountain shaking, and they didn't believe. 
Believing doesn't come through ocular, doesn't come through the eye gates. Because it's I can't believe what I'm seeing. Exactly. <laughs> this is why the Word of God is a more effective agency to belief. And this is why we have to let it go in and, and pierce the flesh away. The specific is the circumcision of the heart. It is veils. And, the, and, and Jesus said in, 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 in Luke 17, 20, He says, the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation, nor will they say, here it is or there it is. For the kingdom of God is within you. Those are the very words of Jesus in Luke 17, 20. So where, when you've been raised up, dare I say you're in, the, you're in the mountain of God, because this is what Scripture says. So why is our relationship to the mountain so important? What does that look like? Let's do um, uh, Psalm chapter 2. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. So it's not our saviour. Yeah, he is. And it's not the lamb of God. But it is. But he is. It's the king. And so you have come to Mount Zion. You are raised in heavenly places. But I don't feel like it. Well, let me meditate on this one. If you don't feel like it, it says, let God be true and every man a liar. <laughs> so I was very gentle. <coughs> and yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. We're talking king of the universe. And you're raised with him. This is why we're not called to, our prayer life is built around begging. Our whole life should be leaning into knowing. John 17, 3 gives us the, defini uh, the, 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 the definition of eternal life. And it says, and this is eternal life, that we would know God. It's not living forever and ever and ever. Time is a created entity. Okay? So, so this, where you've been raised is where the King is. And so when you have believers in Christ who do not want to rule and reign, they are abdicating from their inheritance, their spiritual firstborn birthright and all the benefits thereof. Forget not all of His benefits. So you start to see that the benefits of God, generally speaking, are activated by co-ruling with the Lord. If you go, oh, it's a bit confronting. I'm very, you don't understand, Lord, I'm very shy. Lord, I'm a special case. And he goes, no, you're not. God has no respect for persons. So, so this, when we start to see this, as I said on Sunday, is a historic event took place and it was Trump versus Clinton. And uh, everyone started thinking politics because Trump's such a polarising figure. You can't not have an opinion about Donald Trump, okay? And, 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 and Hillary Clinton. And so, <coughs> oh my gosh. But what happened, it showed that there was an awareness in the spirit of the power of governance and government. So when you go, ah, oh. now this is very different to politics. Politics actually has become very bureaucratised. So it's very nuanced and layered and you've got to really lean into it for an extended period to get an appreciation of it. Governance is, is a lot more of a spiritual dynamic that can lend itself to politics, but it's a lot more about ruling with the Lord. You can govern over nature. You can govern over the demonic. 
You can govern your appetites, your thought life, but when you don't govern, then you abdicate. And I believe most of the benefits that come in following Christ, believing in Him, oneness comes through saying, yes, Lord, I will ride with you. Yes, Lord, I will reign with you. This is why Zion is so important. And whether you acknowledge it or not, or feel it or not, or cultivate it or not, I would say that, uh, that you're, you're connected somehow, whether you're right on the mountain or whatever you are. So what's the next scripture that we have? Psalm 110 too. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. I want you to think about this because I, I go after this stuff as a lifestyle. And when you first start off, it's, an, it's a mental exercise, but it gets more and more visceral, engaging, reciprocal. It's not a monologue, it becomes a dialogue. You go, can you imagine meditating on this, that you've been raised up. When you said yes to Jesus, you stepped into a supernatural inheritance. And not only you're in Zion, but all the strength of the universe comes out of the place where you reside. It actually says we are citizens of heaven. And this is why it says in Colossians 3, it says, seek those things that are above. It is not where your life is in Christ. It is not disassociative. It's not a coping mechanism. It's engaging a superior dimension where it's purer and holier than you can ever imagine. More joy than you could handle. More love than you can cope with and more power than you've ever imagined. You know, you've got some of these angels, they just have to look a certain way and a whole galaxy moves. This is why we need the veils removed. And, and, and we don't have to beg God for revival. See, I believe revival is heaven's room temperature. Now heaven is glory to glory to glory to glory. So once you get room temperature, then what? It's transformation. See, rather than just going, wow, we're in revival, I really love God and I'm having encounters and I've got chills and they're multiplying, (laughs) right? And we want chills multiplying, but then what? When you got people who just want the feels all the time and they just wanna soak and laugh and get whacked and get the bliss, great, but it dries up because you only get to keep what you give away. And so, so a, lot, a lot of people like, uh, uh, it's, it's about ruling and reigning with Christ. It's, 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 it's from Zion. It's actually, it's, just, it's, the, it's the best, honestly. So, um, so, you know, there are clues that we'll go into in more detail. Um, can, it, it says in Psalm 24, if you yield to Him, it says, who may ascend your holy hill? He has clean hands and a pure heart, hasn't lifted his heart to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. So there is, a, there is you know, uh, um, children, young kids, before they got programmed into being, into being stuck in the natural world. You know, I find it fascinating with kids who are unchurched because they haven't, don't even understand, don't even know how to read. And they're, 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 they'd be seeing Zion. They sing angels. My, my kids saw angels all the time growing up, you know, until they went to school. And basically, they're actually making a comeback, which is good, because it's just like, but, but this, this natural world, it's like, uh, uh, you, you, 
that we are surrounded by an innumerable company of angels. And as the more and more we, get, we, we, we yield to it, clean hands and a pure heart, purity is where the power is. So, so you know, we're talking before about having an experience that says, if you have wisdom, have wisdom for yourself. So I need, I need enough wisdom to minister and I need wisdom for myself as well. But if I engage purity, then what happens by default, I find myself a very, very like, high altitude in the spirit. So um, can you go higher up the mountain? I believe you can, because I've had encounters in the mountain many times. Now, I'll never forget this. I had, this is something years ago now, right? So end of year, I think I was a little bit on the burnt out side. It could have been around the time when we bought the church maybe. And not only were we renovating this, but I was renovating my home. And, and if it, you, know, you know what will really burn you out? Dealing with tradesmen all the time. Yeah, I will see you at 11 o'clock tomorrow. No worries. Three in the afternoon. Excuse me. <laughs> this lasted for months. It burnt me out a bit. And I had a really bad week. I had a bad week. Because I had a bad week. I really did. And then just like, I don't know if I had a blowout with somebody or something, like whatever, whatever happened. And I just felt, ugh. And then I woke up one morning, I'm in a spirit. Who knows that feeling? You woke up and you're a spirit. And I heard a song. Who knows God can speak through songs? Okay. So I was in a, just a mm, place. I was tired. I needed, I needed the Lord. And I wake up. Now, I, I woke up and I heard clearly a song by NXS. Who remembers in excess? Okay. And the song was dun, 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 Falling down the mountain dun, And I'm eating dust dun, like, Is that a bad thing, Lord? Anyway. <laughs> is that, who remembers that song? And I wake up, I'm going, okay. You know, another time, Daryl and I were invited to go to India. And uh, join with the big ministry, and it looked all tickety boo, and ah, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And then uh, Belinda, bless her cotton socks, had a dream that we shouldn't go, and we're like, shut up. And <laughs> and so um, get behind me right now, okay, and push. No, and so basically, is that, that, that about two weeks before we go, and I'm I'm not a trust me when I say I am not a piker, okay? Who remembers what the term piker means? That's what I say, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. And last minute, no, I can't make it, right? I'm not, I'm not a piker. Anyway, um, I piked. <laughs> and I woke up one day and I'm, I'm, God spoke to me through a song that I never think about by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Who remembers them? Okay, and it wasn't Shake Your Booty. It was basically, I wake, seriously, I'm like, I wake up and I hear this song going, please don't go, don't go. And I go, Daryl, I had this weird song. And he goes, I got the same song. <laughs> so we just looked at each other's eyes and just kept singing. No. And so it's a very uncomfortable moment. Anyway. <laughs> Love lifts us up. No. Anyway. So, so <laughs> the Lord's fallen down the mountain. Anyway. <laughs> I believe you can go. I, I've, I, I had encounters uh, in a lot of mountains. I believe there is Mount Zion. 
I, the spirit world is very different. There's mountain ranges. It talks about the hills of the Lord, everlasting hills. This is crazy. But with all this craziness, it's a, it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken, cannot be shaken. And that's where you're placed. So this is, why is this really important? Okay. Um, I believe God wants all of His children reigning with Him. And reigning with the Lord will cost you, but the benefits will always outweigh the sacrifices 12 trillion times 12 trillion to one. This is why ascension gifts need to be ascended and teach people how to ascend or that they're already ascended. This is what it is, it's veils of the heart. I can't, this is not a semantic, this is not clever sleight of hand theology. Is that Jesus ascended on high and says, where I am there, you'll be also. You develop that consciousness as a man thinks in his heart, so they are. And you activate the supernatural glory, provision, protection and power of God in the here and now. And this is why we're going down this, this, this line. So let's, let's imagine if there was a spirit and the spirit, uh, this spirit actually knew all these secret things, all these amaz- this amazing information Let's just say this, is, this was a spirit that was very wise and they knew where the real power was. They knew what, where things were really at. And so what happens is that this spirit in one occasion said, you are wiser than Daniel. So his name was Lucifer. And Lucifer knew where the goodies were. He understood things that nearly the whole church has no idea about, yet we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna listen to what God said about Lucifer and the knowledge Lucifer had, and we better wisen up because it says in Revelation 12, 12, Rejoice, O heavens, and you that are in them, but woe to the earth and its inhabitants. The devil's been cast down because he knows he's got a short time. So, so we're gonna go there now. Let's go to very, very cosmic passage of Scripture, Isaiah 14, okay? How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, Son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. So he gets it. I will ascend. I'll go as high as I can. Maybe the the, the higher you go in the glory, the greater wisdom, knowledge and power you have. Very interesting. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. This is, this, is, this is what I wanna focus on. Oh, go back, sorry. Oh, okay, you changed it, great. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation. That's Zion. So Lucifer wants to be placed, has his throne on the mountain of congregation. There's a lot going on. It's not just some empty, craggy K2 or you know, Annapura or, you know, we're talking like it's teeming with life and levels of glory. He wanted to sit on the mount of the congregation. He would have had his own throne, okay? Because all rulership comes from a seated position. On the farthest sides of the north. Yep. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Again, very interesting. I will be like the most high. Yet you should be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man 
who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities. This is fascinating, okay? Someone who is in their own strength is weak and contemptible, and yet because they accessed wisdom and were corrupted, made the earth a wilderness. Destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain. Thrust through with a sword who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse trodden underfoot. So here you have Lucifer, who was anointed cherub that covers, and he wanted a, he, he understood, I want my throne. I, I, I want to be on the mount of the congregation. He understood it. And here you have much of the church in the nations have no idea that they're already seated in heavenly places. There are empty thrones waiting for them to possess because God says, I prepare a place for you. The place that He was kicked out of, you are meant to rule and reign. Who thinks this is amazing? He gets it, but does the church. We can have it as a teaching, but if we have idols in our heart or chronic uncleanness, or we'll, we habitually lie, sarcasm, exaggeration, falsify, whatever, or we've lifted our heart to an idol, it says we're gonna get stuck. So this is why the mountain, he said, there's like, we get to align with God's goodness and grace and holiness. Please, and when I mention all these keywords, it shouldn't trigger like a works program. It's, I'm not saying that. But here you have Lucifer knew, I want, he wants to be established he, he, he wants to be established on the Mount of the Congregation. So what we need to know is this. We actually are invited to that place because Jesus said, I'll go and prepare a place for you. So the devil is down here and there are vacancies up there. Uh, and, and like I said, he's already prepared places for us in his holy mountain. So the worst thing that could happen for the church is be earthbound. In other words, completely consumed with the affairs of this world. Says that in Timothy, caught up in civilian affairs, you know. At the moment, there's, we'd be gripped by Matilda fever. That's okay to, you know, whatever, right? Uh, uh, um, and, and, and so, well, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, 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 and so if we're earthbound and our affection is here on an idolatrous level, then we just... That place is like closed up to us. And, and what's amazing is this. This is the inner world. I want you to picture this. Okay, so all places, all heavenly places are in God. So you don't have like God's, God is self-existent and then there are all these places right out the outer reaches and He's not there. Everything's in Him. But more specifically now, because the Lord's given him a name above every name, that is at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So now all heavenly places are in Christ. So what's crazy is Lucifer wanted to possess 
the place and not the person and they thought they could possess the place without the person. What does that even look like? It's called pride. So pride blinded him. This is hectic. These are crazy keys. You know, uh, 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 pride, you you go, you know what, I've, I'm doing a hypothetical now. You've got people go, I've really messed up. I've really messed up. I've got habitual sin in my life. I haven't broken through. I should be way further down the track than I should be. And oh my gosh, I like, so that people then paint a picture in their inner world. And God goes like this, I will give you, I'll give you mercy. I will give you grace. You're my child. You didn't earn it. It's a gift that I want you to receive and walk in. Can someone say amen to that? But God resists the proud. If God's resisting you, that's gonna be an interesting struggle. Fancy God resisting you. (laughs) You don't want God resisting you. So this is why we have to stay away from pride. And so this is, pride so hectic, it blinded Lucifer. That's why people just make stupid decisions, it's pride. Do you know what I find really interesting about pride? Is sometimes I found people to have a spirit of pride. And this is what's so interesting about a spirit of pride. Is that they, have, they carry that sense of pride in them. And I'm not talking excellence or, or, or you know, diligence, I'm not talking about that, just pride. And I look at them and I'm going, I can't see any natural reason why they would have that pride. (laughs) I have seen people who are genuinely barren and have a spirit of pride. It does my head in because it's spirit and it blinds. You can't, you you, you know, uh, one of the things, my wife and I, we have a great marriage, love my wife, she loves me, great marriage, but there's something that I do that really infuriates her. Is I admit when I'm wrong and I apologise quickly. And she just is so ready for a fight. <laughs> she has done her due diligence. She's convinced she's right. And if I, I just say, you, yeah, I missed, yep, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. Like, you, you, you know, the, 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 you, you, I do. I do. And she goes, gosh, it annoys me. She gets so ready, you know, sharpening those knives. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed it. <laughs> you just, <laughs> God gives grace to the humble. He does, you know. So, so, so pride blinded him. So now we're going to go into so, so, so pride blinded his inner world. So he wanted the place, not realising the place comes out of the person and the person is everywhere. If I make Psalm 139, if I make my bed and shell, behold, you're there. You can't, there's no way you can go without this Lord. Good luck. So, okay, so now what we're gonna do is we're going to go into a passage of Scripture. Are you okay if we go even more cosmic? Because in going deeper into that cosmic dimension, reveals truth and knowing the truth sets us free. And I wanna present within a sequence, I wanna put to you a scenario, okay? Now, generally speaking in Scripture, 
Scripture is connected. Now, I'm not saying that all of the chapters and verses, the dichotomy or the division of the, you know, God can use. He uses, you know, numbers. He uses uh, this chapter. This He does use that. Are they all divinely inspired? I'm not saying that that is the case. But I do know that when you see a passage of Scripture, generally speaking, unless there is a stated segue, it's in context, okay? So Jesus isn't going, okay, Jesus, show us what's gonna be the sign at the end of the age. They, they, they walk out, Matthew 24, they look at the, there's a temple. Show us the, show us the sign of the end of the age, right? This, and then they're talking about the temple, like this. And then all of a sudden, and then, and then as that progresses, it's, it's, in, it's in Matthew, it's in Luke. And, and all of a sudden, it's sort of like, he's talking about the end of the temple age, all right? If you read it in context, because it actually says it. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, you know, there'll be two in a field, one will be missing, one will be taken. And you go, oh, the rapture, like this. And it's not like Jesus is going like this. Okay, we're talking about the temple and, and squirrel, you know. No, you've got to see it in sequence. You have to see it. You have to understand that much of the things that people talk about on an eschatological level were already talked about by the prophets. Well, you blow your mind. I tell you what, Revelation is a freak show that is like, if you lay a hold of it and it starts to open to you, it says you're blessed. It's a really, really big deal. There's so many numbers in it. The most common number I think is seven which is divine completion, perfection, rest. And then you have four, which, you know, the, which is creation, the, the four living creatures, the four winds, the four ends of the earth. But this is what's really crazy. I, I was in my research and, I, and I'm, I'm gonna take it on face value, so I'm gonna cite it, okay, because, but evidently the number 12, which is government, 12 sons of Jacob, 12 tribes, 12 apostles, the new Jerusalem, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Evidently, the number 12 in the entire Bible is reserved just for God's kids. It never refers to the enemy. So 12 is an exclusive number because you still got, yeah, this is very, very interesting. The, the book of Revelation is crazy. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at a cosmic passage of Scripture and I, I wanna keep the main thing the main thing. But when you look at this and you go, oh my goodness, I see it. So let's do Revelation 12. Now there was a great sign that appeared in heaven. A woman was clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head was a garland of 12 stars. Then being with the child, she cried out in labour and in pain to give birth. And I don't wanna get sidetracked. I wanna keep the main thing the main thing. We can come back to this another time. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. So the stars, so I would say on a conservative interpretation, according to the book of Revelation, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. Stars go a lot deeper than that, but let's just for argument's sake, we're just gonna stick with that for the moment. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So she, uh, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Who, who thinks this is Jesus? Don't be shy, come on. Pretend you're at an auction and you really want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. It, well, it is. And her child 
was so, so she bore a male child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to God and his throne. That's the ascension. All right, next one, please. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she, was, uh, where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. This is the next scripture. This is fascinating. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Here's where it's interesting. Is this event of Satan being cast out of heaven and no more place found for him is right after the child ascended to the throne. So when you read about the fact that Jesus took the sins of all humanity before Him and after Him upon Himself on the cross and He went into the grave and then He ascended and led captivity captive. It says in Matthew, there was a mass resurrection. And a lot of people go, what? Yeah, just read, the, read that book called the Bible. Because many saints appeared to people when Jesus rose and He was hanging out with His peeps for 40 days. He actually once conducted a meeting with 500 people. 500 people saw Jesus resurrected at once. You got, you got, you appeared first to Mary, all right? Uh, a, 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 a woman in a garden tomb, mistaking the Lord as a gardener, okay? And then uh, to, to Peter and the 12, and then, you know, and then eventually Thomas walks through the wall. Ah, rejoice, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Do you know what I was thinking about meditating on? This is, this is really freaky. So, so uh, uh, we're gonna, this is just to indulge me. Okay, so, because this, this is what I live for. This is, this is, you know, this is life. So can you imagine being John? And you're the, you know, I mean, John, his self, his self-designated title was the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, okay? But John was very close to Jesus, very close. And he, went, he got changed from son of thunder, you know, to where am I, you know, am I gonna switch side am I sitting on you, Lord? You know, I, I don't even have the guts to ask if my mum will, right? And it's true, <laughs> it's hilarious. Sons of thunder, bonagers. Anyway, so he knows Jesus, Knows Jesus, right? And close. And Jesus is telling him secrets and received the Holy Spirit. He sits out to before Pentecost. Just read that book, got the Bible. And, and he knew the Lord. But then he sees him resurrected. That'd be freaky. He knew the Lord like no one else. Then he saw the Lord. But then in Revelation, he says, I heard a voice behind me like the sound like a trumpet and I turned and I saw him and I fell, like I, was, I fell down like a dead man. His hair was white as wool, his eyes were flame of fire, two-edged sword went out of his mouth and he held in his hand seven stars. His feet were burnished brass. 
You, you knew him in the flesh, you saw him resurrected and now you're seeing him as the eternal king of glory. Wow. Someone who is your master, teacher, rabbi, friend. Now he's your Lord and Saviour and now he's God. That is crazy. So we see here in Revelation, he's seen this cosmic war and you got to coincide it with when Jesus You've got to, if we can pair it up. Oh, let's have a look. Uh, no, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep the sequence. I wanna keep the sequence here. So I believe, I believe that when Jesus ascended to the throne, Satan was kicked out of heaven and he's on the earth. So that should give you even more motivation to engage ascended reality. You know, born again actually means born from above. You know, it says you're born of the water and born of the Spirit. That born of the water is the river of God. It is the water above the firmament. Everything's so much more dimensional, connected to the inner world of the heart than sort of external. What are you doing? I'm looking for the kingdom to come. Jesus said, don't, you, don't waste your time. It's an invisible world that when it finds its place in the human heart, it manifests in the visible world. And so, and so you look at that and people go, yeah, but I, that's not when Satan fell. Hang on, he fell way before that. It's not talking about when he fell. It's talking about when he was booted out. Is there a chance that Satan fell way before this, but he still had access to heaven? Let's look at the book of Job. Job chapter one. Now, there was a day when the sons of God, angels, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. I wonder if he had an angel disguise on, sort of in the crowd. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the Lord, I mean, the, the, God's amazing. He always asks us rhetorical questions. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. So it would seem that he had access to these dimensions, but he was mostly on the earth because when a third of the stars were drawn away by the dragon's tail, they were thrust down to the earth. This is fascinating. And so you go, well, didn't he fall before that? Well, I believe he did because in the, what happened in the garden, the serpent. So it's not so cookie cutter cartoon like there's a lot more going on. It even says that in Genesis 6, it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they had made wives of themselves and the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the children of the hybrid race were giants called Nephilim. And it says there were giant in, giants in those days and also afterwards. Well, after the flood, that's what the Bible says. And you have a look at the history of Israel, there were giants. So you're going, this is getting cosmic. Good, 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 good. Because it needs to. Because the Spirit of God wants us to get very, very cosmic because it's from that cosmic place, that celestial heavenly dimension where we rule and reign. Who loves this stuff? I'll tell you what I do. Because this, and this ain't future, this is now. This is actually now. So he was booted out. But this is what's so cool. It gets even better. This is like I'm selling you steak knives. There's more. 
So Colossians 2.15, when Jesus ascended, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So you go, well, He ascended on high, but what does it even look like? It looked like the devil got booted out of Zion. And there are, there are seats with your name on it that this is when we meditate and lean into and build discipline and desire and set our affection, the reality starts to develop on the inside of us as a man or woman thinks in their heart, so they are. Truly I say to you, if you command the mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, those things you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. And so the heart is what God looks at. This is incredible. What I'm doing today or tonight is outlining your inheritance that you have access to now. So we just have to make sure we keep going over the will and testament so it gets on the inside of us. This is why this is, so, this is an adventure. And then things manifest according to the level of your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, all right, I'm gonna make a statement. We're landing the plane. I'm making a statement here. I believe this is exactly what Paul was praying for us to understand. I believe that. And I wanna show you from the Word that, that, that you know, Paul says that all in all and this and that and, and re- reconciled to himself. And it's all, there was all fairly abstract statements that we need the Holy Spirit to show us. But Paul prayed this and prayed that and prayed this. But this is possibly his most famous prayer And it will tie all of this up together. And it's actually, this is where you are now. But to lay a hold of it is a whole nother thing. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. So let's go, Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. (coughs) That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's that word again, wisdom. But it's like, what sort of wisdom do we need? How to fix a car, how to grow vegetables. They might become more handy in the coming days, who knows? But it's in the knowledge of Him. And so you go, that He will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So spirit of wisdom and revelation, why? That the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart would be filled with lights, supernatural lights, that you may know. So Paul prays for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that we would be full of supernatural light, that you may know what, the, what is the hope of His calling. This is, this is your, you now. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? This is, this, you, you're crazy wealthy but you need your eyes opened. See, there's a difference. Eyes open brings manifestation, but it's still there. God's already given it to you. You're already blessed. You're already healed. You already are accepted in the beloved. It's already happened. But our eyes need to be full of light or our heart needs to be full of light to activate it. This is why you live in the Word. Meditate on these things. Jesus had to explain to him why he fulfilled all of the law and the prophets and the Psalms, all. So you could have access to this, that you would know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty dunamis power? What power? What power? And you go, this is the power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. It keeps going. Where's these heavenly places? Far above all devils, all fallen angels, Rahab, Leviathan, Baalzebub, all of them. So this is where Jesus is. He is far above. It's not even close. They're not just, just right just underneath His feet. They are far above. He's far above them, sorry. Far above all principality, power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You ready? This is your part. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. If you are in Christ, wave at me if you're in Christ, wave at me. It actually says, not every devil, every principality is under your feet. Every single one. When you start getting intimidated by a spirit, you're actually buying into a lie. When He was cast out of heaven and once the, the, the God's grace lifted off of Him, is this the man that weakened the nations? How come, how come things are happening in the world? I'll tell you why, deception. Deception lies. And what's gotta stop with us, that, that spirit, especially the spirit of fear. I'll tell you this, this is a segue, um, but I, I, I just saw this recently. I remember when this happened, uh, a, a woman, uh, um, I saw this on uh, uh, social media the other day, but a woman who actually worked for the army and under, understood uh, psyops, psychological operations. And I remember when this, this happened is that in 2014, Barack Obama, I don't know if it was Congress passed it or it was an executive order, but he passed a really weird law. And this law was this, it was no longer illegal for the US government to perform psychological operations on its own people. You're going, that's a really weird law. Because I'll tell you what, for the last few years, nearly everything is a psyop to get everyone in fear. We don't want freedom here. Here's our freedom. We just don't want fear anymore. The, the minute you relinquish freedom, you will have fear. This whole thing about safety, safety. I just lock you in your home. The kids don't even like, the, the, this is how the enemy deceives people. He, he deceives, he lies and people become bondages in fear. And a, a lie believed is a lie empowered. And this is what we're looking at. So, so the power of the enemy is in deception. He's the father of lies. This is why Jesus said, you will know the truth and just knowing the truth will set you free. The truth must be amazing. It's not just okay. It's not just, whoa, that's, that's interesting. Every devil that's kicked your butt in your life is actually far under your feet, but but us believing or being ignorant has allowed it to continue. Because Jesus is far above all principality, power, might and dominion and He's, he's the head to all things of the church. So he may be all in all, feel all in all. You start to see that. 
This is why ascension isn't a cute teaching, it's an indispensable eternal reality. And you don't just go, oh, I'm gonna get into ascension, you know, Psalm 91 and all this. So, so no, 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 no. Do you know what? I'll tell you what has to happen. You almost have to die to this world. You do, but you're meant to anyway because you're sort of already crucified with Christ. Because where your treasure is there, your heart will be also again and again. And again. This, this stuff just doesn't quit. You, you, you're, living, you're living from heaven to actually rule over the earth in the spirit. It's, it, it doesn't quit. So it doesn't mean you become disassociated and you lose your personality and sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm now cold to people because I'm a heavenly being. That's not where it's at because the more you connect to the, the, the fountain of life, in your light we see light. With you is the fountain of life. He's the headwaters. It comes from out the, the temple through our temple. It's so crazy. Who loves this stuff? So as you meditate on this stuff, it'll start to, it'll start to just blow your grid. And you get addicted to it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know who your example is? Jesus. Jesus was, whoa, I better get into the Talmud today. Oh, don't feel like it. And oh, the discipline. Oh, you got no idea. I know I've got to, do, you know, I've got to work for, for my dad. And um, um, but, yeah, the discipline. No, 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 no. He couldn't get enough of the word. 12 years old, he's asking questions to the rabbis that were blowing their grid. Because he got addicted to the word, addicted to the, to, to the, the to, I, I, did you not know I must be about my father's business? He's our prototype. He's the firstborn amongst many brethren, leading many sons to glory. I will declare your name in the midst of my brethren. Jesus is here when he's doing the uh, 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 let the lion roar. He's here in our midst. This is the realm of the spirit. And that's why he's, Jesus said, it is to your benefit that I go. Because I'll send another one. The word is word alos, which means exactly the same type, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of Jesus without limitation. Hang out with Him. Don't grieve Him. Don't quench Him. And He'll teach you this stuff. He'll, he'll teach you this stuff. We don't have to be afraid. We have to know we're already ascended. And so then it comes down to this. When you choose, when you choose to go after wisdom so you can be better at governing, your world will change. Your world will change. Been talking to some people today in ministry on the same page, praise the Lord. But we're not called to build subcultures. We are, we're the conduits for, for the Lord to invade the earth. I've told you these stories before, but it's not limp. You cannot see yourself like God only manifests in your physical body. No, 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 no. You become a door. If Jesus is the door, we're doors to the door because we're connected to the doors. Okay? We're connected. He's the door to the sheepfold. He says, truly I'll say to you, Rabbi, truly you're the, you know, the Messiah type deal. Because I, just because I said I saw you under the fig tree, he said, truly you will see angels ascending, descending over the Son of Man. What does that look like? Let's give an example. Like a Charles Finney. Charles Finney going into Rochester, New York. People hear about the revival. Brother Nash has gone before him a month beforehand, praying in a basement, praying in the glory, opening up the heavens. His prayers as a single, uh, as a singular man, male human being in a basement becomes that, that eternal portal for angelic invasion. He prays a month, Charles Finney comes in and starts preaching full on the, the Word of God. And angels invade everywhere. They, they say you could feel the revival, the presence of God and the glory 20 miles 
out from the actual physical meetings. And people, there was one well-known, well-cited uh, incident where someone's, you know, arrived maybe, you know, in the beginning of the town or I don't know, I don't think it was on, a, I don't think it was on, a, on the coast, it wasn't a port, but they came into the town and they said, can you please tell me where the revival is? And they said, you'll know. They would walk into a literal cloud of glory. He would walk into a, 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 a factory. People start mocking him. And he just sort of looks around like this and next thing, incredible conviction of sin comes on everybody and everyone starts falling to their knees, weeping and receiving Christ through the spirit of repentance. This is, how, this is how God wants to work. This is why you can't buy into the fear thing. You can't buy into it. Satan's power is deception, is deception and when you, build, uh, when you buy into that deception, you're done. You need to be delivered of fear. Or you need to, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power and a sound mind. So I find the takeaway out of all of this is the fact is that everything that's ever tormented you is actually under your feet. It's not on top of you. What are you doing? I'm taking out the principalities and powers. Why are you looking in that direction? Oh, sorry. And this is why we have to cultivate it. The last scripture I put up will be Revelation 3.21. And it says this, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You're sitting on his throne. Oh, one day. Doesn't say that. It happens when you overcome. Ooh, ooh. All right. <laughs> Serious. This is, see, this is what's so exciting. This is not just possibility thinking and you know, positive preaching. It's not, it's the truth. It's the truth, it's true. It's true. And so we still talk and he it's true. And so, so what are we gonna do with this? I'll tell you what we need to do. We need people praising God. That's the first thing. Come out to the tabernacle of David. Do it, this, this is, I'm not, I am not, you know, if church isn't some sort of glee club, we're sitting around a sister act, you know, being a bunch of minstrels and songsters. That's not where it's at. It's actually being the living embodiment of heaven through praise, praise, worship, and the frequency of glory and adoration, gratitude, and 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 like, like we're talking. That, that that's a really really good start. But but these scriptures, you meditate on this, and it starts to pierce your heart. Who can feel something shifting on the inside of them? Who can feel like 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 hopelessness being evicted out of their life? Oh my gosh, I, I highly recommend the self-service in the kingdom. Most things are DIY, you do, but you do it with the Holy Spirit. Now if you're in a pickle, there's counselling, there's deliverance, there's prayer, all of those different things. But you cannot live in a hospital forever. A, a funny meme was sent to me, I've got to read it. Where is it? <laughs> This is, you gotta look to the Lord. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, here we go. Uh, never rush to marry someone because you met, met them in church. Church is like hospital. Not all patients are responding to the treatment. Okay, so. <laughs> it's true, it's true. As, as, <laughs> They believe. Good start. All right. 
<laughs> Can we put the pads on, please? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. If you say yes to the call of government to govern, to co-reign, your proximity changes. You, you actually, Zion is where you belong, but Zion is where the, the scepter never will depart from Zion. It's a dimension in Christ. Holy Ghost. Thank You, Lord. There's some lot of cool, weird things happening. The trumpet thing the other day did my head in. It really, really did. Holy Spirit, thank You. We're gonna have communion now. So get your communion out. serious message Sunday morning gosh this was like a funeral home it was like I said I'm not a principal not no one's in trouble not telling off but you know it's the voice trying to understand it and um, and in the afternoons the river flowed Spirit of God we're talking wow and so that's what every Sunday afternoon is going to be like we just I don't know what it's going to look like no two meetings are meant to look the same everyone's meant to be unique but tonight it's been about a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You start to lean into the fact that you're already in Christ, seated in heavenly places. Everything that you think has kicked your butt is actually under your feet. So this is why the more you praise God that you're already there and you've already won because you're in Christ, it's be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The implication is that you've overcome. But if you don't, if you grizzle, if you have pity parties, if you're a victim, you reinforce your earthbound defeated stature. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'll tell you what, the Word of God, most of this has just been reading Scripture tonight. I want us to pray, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation over all of us. I wanna go, for, I want to, go to the next level all the time. Honestly, I'm, I'm, this, is a, this is an accurate statement. I can't say it's a true statement because I don't make untrue statements for what I'm aware of, right? <clears throat> if they are, they're completely accidental. Um, with good intention, no. Um, but this is an accurate statement. And now I forgot what the statement was. Hang on. <laughs> I built it up so much, my brain got lost in the drum roll. What was I talking about? Huh? Oh, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. I've got a brain cell in the front seat here, front row. Okay, honestly, no, 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 that means it's, no, no. Accurately, I feel I'm on such a steep trajectory. I feel different every month. <laughs> Sorry, I just heard the snort. Um, <coughs> I feel different every month. Like I see with different eyes, like that's how steep my trajectory is. I mean, I'm loving it. I've seen things I can't unsee. And this is what, this is, so I'm gonna pray this over you guys. I want, I want people to become obsessed with heaven. 
because that's where you already are. But it's like, it does, it's not like it's not, it's like it's not real, it's just theology or one day. It's not, but you have come to Mount Zion. And then we pray for the Spirit of God to open our eyes. And I'll tell you what, you start working, walking in those heavenly dimensions. Everything you need is in heavenly places. You're still physically here. But when you obsess, you actually start to magnify what's already magnified and you don't magnify the darkness. You don't magnify the enemy. He's a defeated foe. Colossians 2.15 says he, he, he completely and openly triumphed over him, disempowered him and made an open spectacle. Every angel has seen how the enemy has been flogged. So the key is not, yeah, yeah, he's defeated. No, 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 no. Doesn't, you can't do that in your own strength. You have to be to keep looking in Christ, in Him, through Him. It's in Him, it's in Him. It's not, it's not semantics or mind over matter. So we're gonna have communion. I'm gonna pray over you guys. And if I'm praying over you, I'm just gonna be praying this prayer. I want you to just receive it by faith. I'm gonna speak in the spirit of faith over everyone here. And if you're in agreement with that, you say, Amen, take communion. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Thank You, You're here. I thank You right now. Veils are real because You say they are. And I thank You the physical veil was torn in the temple from top down to bottom when Your Son, Lord, Your Son died on the cross. We just thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Father, that You're here by Your Spirit. We thank You, Father, that You're smiling down on us. We thank You, Father, that, that You so loved us, You gave Your only begotten Son. But Lord, I thank You right now by Your Spirit. We ask right now for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of You. Right now in the Name of Jesus, we thank You for the Word of God going out like a sharp two-edged sword and slicing through the veils of the natural, slicing through the matrix of fear, slicing through the matrix of limited beliefs, limiting beliefs, slicing through the veils of hopelessness, stagnation and flat effect. We just thank You right now, Lord. We thank You, open our eyes. Show us the exceeding greatness, the exceeding greatness of our inheritance. Show us, Lord, the exceeding greatness of the power that works in us now. This is the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, far above all principality, power, might and dominion in this age and in the age to come. Lord God, I thank You that You are the head of the church that is registered in heaven and all things are under the church's feet. Right now, Lord, show us that every foul spirit that we've had to contend with is already under our feet because we have come to Mount Zion. Right now in the Name of Jesus, I thank You for people receiving Your Word. I thank You for an explosion of encounters with Mount Zion, an explosion of encounters of heavenly places, an explosion of encounters of thrones that have people's name on it over regions, over cities, over continents. I thank You, Lord God, that it is a celestial gospel. I thank You that a, a universal celestial dimensional problem or solution has been coming from an earthly conflict. And we thank You that 
What we're going through now is rippling through time, space and eternity. We say yes to the victory of Jesus. We say yes to the power of God. We say yes to the Great Commission. We say yes to co-ruling and reigning with You. And we say yes, that it is about Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank You for Your Word slicing through the veils. I thank You for dreams tonight. I thank You for encounters. I thank You the eviction of lying spirits, especially hopelessness, despair and depression. And I thank You, Lord God, for a spirit of faith manifesting on the inside of us. Bless this communion to our body in Jesus' Name. And everybody said... I finished the night with an encounter that happened to me recently. Today, I was on the phone to somebody and I was talking about time and we have to redeem the time and I don't think the church has any concept of time. And I believe a lot of the church believe there are secret dates set in the future where certain things will happen. But I believe You've got Kronos, you've got Kairos. Kairos is a special quality of the season. I believe that a lot of things are connected to the obedience of the body of Christ. I don't think we're just gonna sit and wait for something to happen, it's connected. So today I was going down to, I took my kids down out for lunch to a certain place, to a certain restaurant. And I was talking to someone on time. And then I went, oh, I'm just about to take my kids out for lunch. And I went back into my memory. I had finished the first ever political rally that we did, maybe 2021, I was with Emily. And then afterwards, we're looking for a place to eat after the rally and we had, you know, some senators up there and uh, speaking and a couple hundred people. And we were just chatting away and I went, the, the, this is in Mexican, eating Mexican. So maybe, who knows, there was some peyote in there or something, I don't know. And so basically the cloud manifested and I could see the enemy continually delaying and stretching out fallen time. I saw it, stretching out fallen time. You keep the church afraid, keep the church lazy, keep the church broken, keep the church in slavery, you keep stretching out dark, evil time. What was crazy is that Emily could see the cloud from the outside. She could see something just went in the atmosphere, but I could see it on the inside. She could see 
that I was in an encounter. She could physically see it. I'm convinced personally, this is why the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about immorality, has a lot to say about foolishness, but boy, does it go hard after laziness. And an inactive, passive church that thinks Christianity sitting and receiving instruction is where it's at, it ain't where it's at is that we actually have to lay a hold of what already is and we actually have to rule and reign. Think of it like this, Joshua laid a hold of invisible realities through the Word and through the glory. And one day he needed to command the universe to stand still. If he could do it then, just think of what you can do. Who's excited? We actually have to do it. I'm just gonna close in prayer. Lord, I thank You for tonight. Thank You for Your Word. I just thank You. Every night is different. We thank You for those who've watched on the live stream. We thank You those who are here. We thank You for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We lay a hold of it by faith. We engage it. We praise You. Lord God, before we feel any manifestation, before we see any manifestation, we thank You for Your goodness, Lord. We thank You. It is the good news of the Gospel of the Kingdom. Bless everyone here, everyone who's heard tonight. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Have a great drive home. Praise God.